wanted to get on here and thank everyone for coming out to the event last night. It was pretty cool to see that many people pile into a bar, drink some beer, and watch a couple films. And the uh, local support for Whitetail Experience is definitely noted. I uh, really appreciate AJ helping me put that on and Nocterra Brewery for kind of like housing the event. I also wanted to thank people that couldn't be there but are leaving comments on YouTube, liking it, sharing it, putting that thing in a story. Hats off to you guys, uh, the hard-earned bucks nation. You guys have come out for sure. And look forward to, to maybe growing this thing and seeing where it could go. But wishing you guys the very best this weekend and deer season is not far away. All right. Just wanted to leave that little intro guy in there from the film launch. This actual podcast is actually going to be about solo filming. I think that's kind of a timely topic based on a lot of questions I'm getting in the DMs and, and actually conversation at the film launch. But, one, if you're going to pick up some custom gear, enter code WEXP at checkout. Would highly recommend the pocket arm if you're going to be solo filming. Might be my favorite piece of custom gear uh, to date, honestly. Also, if you're into solo filming, I am 85% completed with a online web class that I'm going to kind of host through my like Patreon here in the next month. I would look for an announcement there when that is a go live. I think I've got like seven podcasts recorded and like eight video clips, and that is going to be a full dive into self-filming uh, from gear to production to sound design to... Uh, equipment, uh, what I see as far as what I find easy to do, quick tips, literal footage from, say, a solo filmed hunt that I'm like, I would have done this differently, or this is a good example of X. It's going to be a pretty high-level uh, course, and I think guys that take that are literally going to just jump leaps and bounds and probably save almost two to three years in the learning curve. So let's get into why I really enjoy solo filming, because that's something that Whitetail Experience actually really started, we were almost splitting time, more of a traditional production, two guys in a tree, hunting 50% of the time, and I was pretty turned off by it immediately. Dave graduates a little more to it, but Dave like, likes the team aspects, likes the camaraderie. I'm a little bit more, this is my escape, my free time, I only get to hunt so much, I want to be the trigger man and the cameraman, and you don't get that many opportunities, so if you're hunting 50% less, your opportunities of killing bucks is 50% less. So that's kind of where I was starting to lean a little more towards solo filming because of almost just the hunting aspect alone. And then I talked to guys like Justin Hollinsworth and Heath, and they turned me on to some of the older Whitetail Addictions episodes, and more just sidebar conversations I was having with Justin that he'd be like, yeah, we were going to film actually for a high-level production Midwest Whitetail. And him and another buddy were like, what if the other guy can't film this and this deer's like red hot, meaning it's active, you got a visual, you want to make a move. The other guy's got to work that night till 6, 7 o'clock and he can't make the evening hunt. What are you going to do, not hunt the deer? And so that aspect of of being a hunter first and and then a videographer second and then building those skills as a as a videographer to like better tell your story just kind of fascinated me and i've watched guys like curtis zabel from behind the bow who i think is probably the best in the game i know tim burnett solo hunter does kind of like used to be one of the big name solo filming type productions and used to crush it as well 
but I, I've just graduated or kind of gravitated towards when I'm in the tree, I want to make all my decisions. I don't want to have to talk to somebody about what I think's going on. I think the kill factor, especially when you get deer inside of 40 yards, if you've got two of you, they're semi-moving, semi-not paying attention. You know, I've I've gone on elk hunts. I've gone on videoed hunts. It's very tough for two people at one point to be as committed as the guy who's going to kill something. I'll just say it flat out. It Unless your job, your paycheck, your through-and-through passion is to capture something on video, which there are guys like that, I, I believe... Uh, Jesse Hines from uh, Last Breath TV uh, would almost rather film a deer get killed than shoot one. Uh, he, he just really loves that aspect of filming. Uh, but I would say 90% of people listening to this, consuming this, are like, dude, I want to shoot a deer. So I like to be able to make my own decisions. I don't necessarily want someone else there to, to impact what I'm thinking. I want to go with my gut, my thoughts. I will say this, it does super suck to get all what I call the extra shots for a solo filmer. And my favorite piece of equipment for getting additional type shots, scouting shots, uh, getting out of the truck, anything to support hunt footage, beyond deer footage essentially, is the Joby Ball tripod that's literally like, I don't know, 12, 14 inches tall. But uh, I really like that thing because I can take it everywhere and it's super lightweight, it fits in a backpack, and that is like my number one tool, because uh, I can film a lot of stuff too outside of hunting. You know, you could arguably that tool is more important than a camera arm because you spend a lot of time walking, scouting, doing other sort of filming projects where I use that thing more than even a camera arm in a given year. I set it on my desk, set it on my truck, that's a 10 out of 10. Um, so yeah, like that's a, a gift item, or a gift item, a gear item I would recommend for the the guys looking to do this, they are a little bit expensive. Like the Joby brand itself is like a higher end. And so it is, you're like, man, I'm going to pay like, I think $40 for a ball tripod that does kind of wear out over time. But honestly, I haven't found, and I've purchased two other small, let's call them one to two foot tripods. And I've got a really nice one with all these clicky adjustments and it's like super stout. It's a newer brand and I don't like it as much. I literally have never found one that I've liked as much as those little ball guys. Um, so, yeah. You know, I I love hunting together-ish. Like, I love a deer camp. I like catching up after a hunt. I love phone calls before and after. What did you see? How would your hunt go? If we're hunting the same piece, I love that aspect of it. But as far as individual in the tree, I definitely, I just, I like being solo. You know, over the years, we found some little quick tips or hacks that, that like make it easier. We've spent stupid money because originally we all wanted to be like a higher end web show because Rewind five, six years ago, the vlog style wasn't really there. THP wasn't around. Tag and Brag wasn't doing a vlog. You know, it was all the higher end web shows were starting to take over some of the TV shift. And even now, look at the TV guys. They're coming back to YouTube. They're not putting music in their films. Uh, they're trying to do some real-time, um, active-style uh, pursuits. And I think both are very popular because it's tough to argue that Chasing November isn't still a super popular series. But yet you also still have kind of the, the daily updates or weekly updates from Midwest Whitetail. Um, but yeah, the we have found some things 
we have learned some things. Heck, putting a camera in ISO auto for those first, I don't know, 30 to minutes to hour of daylight in the last 30. I mean, I can think of a buck that Zoe videoed and didn't shoot because simply having ISO and auto cost him a deer because the screen was white because it was all blown out and he hadn't adjusted it in an hour. Um, stuff like that has repeated itself. Dave has like an older DSLR and it just doesn't have the autofocus technology, even though he's got a killer lens and can take pretty decent photos with it. It just, it sucks at autofocus, which now is way better. You know, we've learned that uh, a shotgun mic, and there are some decent bu budget-friendly items out there. Um, I actually recommend a few, but like that is the way we've decided to get our audio where it's a better product and yet we don't have to mic up with lavalier mics and yes there are some better lavalier mics now available uh, lavalier mics for those of you kind of listening and not knowing those are like talking clip-on um just designed to capture really voice talking versus a shotgun mic is like your surroundings your your don't get me wrong you can use them uh to gather talking points and in fact the, the sound quality is arguably better than a lavalier mic but that's just a, a big mic you see on top big is eh, they're, they're not terribly big some of them are small and compact um, the other thing we made a huge mistake on back in the day is obviously there was only a few camera arm uh, companies available you had the big muddy uh, I had a third arm which was a company that made a splash there for a little bit and I think Campbell cameras had a few arms and they were all stupid big and heavy and honestly anybody getting into it today you you don't understand how shitty it used to be because you'd buy these things that could hold bazookas out there and weighed probably almost as much as your tree stand. And of course we were cheap when we were starting white tail experience. We didn't, you know, we just didn't have as much disposable income. And when you're sticking your toe in, you don't want to buy the very best. And we bought these like $40 fluid heads and they were decent heads, but they also weighed three pounds. You know, there's some better, cheaper options now that are, you know, anywhere from 30 to to $100 that are only a pound. And back then, we just, we never thought about it. Uh, the weight craze was not so much what it is today. Guys weren't uh, solo filming as much, and the, um, the hang and hunt community wasn't self-filming as much as it is now. So you just didn't know about some of those things to avoid as far as being a, a solo filmer is concerned. You know, and we've also kind of like paused and evolved, and the space has evolved. People are willing to watch some some cell phone clips now uh, because it's real, it's relatable. They don't necessarily have to see a giant deer die with super crispy Lee and Tiffany footage. You know, people are more accepting, and honestly, people are almost regional too. Like, I would rather watch a big woods buck get shot just because that's what I hunt. I hunt the big woods. Uh, no offense to you suburban or farm guys. Um that just doesn't tickle my fancy as much. And I think that's getting consumed at a little more of a rate now. The The GoPros or, or action cams, I'm, I'm, I've heard a lot of bad things about GoPros as far as a consistent quality uh, product that they put out as far as being able to use that footage. I've heard more people talk about GoPros crashing and just not working on a regular basis that work in the space. And I will quote the guy who films for Lee and Tiffany, John Dudley. He has a podcast called uh, Redneck Tech Podcast, Caleb. And I can't think of his last name right now, but Caleb is the guy. He's like, uh, he's always been a, a Garmin verb guy. Now he's a DJI Osmo action cam guy, which 
I just literally purchased one of those. The other guy that I would quote as saying this is Cam, the cameraman from Exodus. He, he has been working on projects and had GoPros like two out of three not work. And essentially their final product suffered because those GoPros took a nosedive. So that's kind of some of the stuff um, that has changed in the last four or five years. And, and being okay with a slower, kind of more amateur style final product. My film, yes, is, is probably a, a touch more cinematic and well shot because that's what I'm into. I, I like cameras. I'm into that. I'm into higher level production. I want to produce something that's a touch better than most. But like if Dave or Andy goes and shoots a buck here... It's not going to be as good just because that infield production is not as good as what I would do. But at the same time, people are going to watch it. And, and Dave's funnier. So, like, if Dave shoots a deer and we produce a film, I'm going to let Dave be Dave on the on the YouTube, if you will. Because he's funny, he's witty, people like him. But, yeah. Uh, if I was starting right now, what would I do? I'd, man, you got, a, you got a cell phone. Invest money in your tripod. Maybe a computer, and a tree arm, a camera arm. And if you wanted to step it up slightly above that, I might go get one action cam if I was just going to stick my toe in the water because you could do a lot with it, with that, that combo there. You could strap that GoPro above you or on your bow and capture some cool shots. The cell phone could be used for your main rig or vice versa. I just think in tandem, that's a very low dollar entry. Now, the only thing is that will suffer in some deer footage. But if you're shooting some stuff in 4K-ish and you got deer around that 40-yard and in mark, I think you can you can do it uh, at a decent level. That is uh, the one note I do have here as far as guys are always now recommending your cell phones being your primary camera. And two things. One, it's got to be like quick and operational as far as like I haven't looked too much into it. I, I literally, you know, have a button on my phone that, that opens the camera up right away. And I think most guys do. But like all my Sony cams, they literally open and operate very quickly and easily, uh, probably faster than my cell phone. But storing all that uh, video clip files over the years, you're going to fill that puppy up quick if you're shooting a bunch of 4K. And don't have a very large storage on your phone. That's where I kind of give the nod to the uh, the Samsung uh, community with the micro SD card ability. Essentially, you know, uh, I don't. I, I believe Zach Robb has spent some time looking at this at a little bit better level. I think Heath Cisco is also going to do this. They have bought cell phones without like uh, data plans, and are going to self film with them somewhat. And I believe. One of those is a, I believe the, the phone they like is a non-Apple phone because it does have probably some of that ability as far as storage. And that's, you know, that's a that's a big up if you have those micro SD cards in your phone and can be writing to a big card. I, would, I don't know why Apple hasn't adapted that. I think it's, it's brilliant for a creator, somebody into photos and video with their phone because that is now the do-all. The final piece of gear advice I have here is get you a one-piece arm, uh, something that goes on the tree, levels out, and is operational very quickly and easily. As a solo filmer, it is a pain in the ass. Everything is. You got to charge your cameras. You've got to keep track of SD cards. You got to pray your computer doesn't crash when you're, you know, importing, exporting, working in in files. And setting up multiple segment arms sucks. And if you seem to chintz. And by a cheaper arm, I think the pain in the ass factor generally increases. 
That is why I am such a fan. And back in the day, we had the Beast camera arm, which was like a knockoff lone wolf. And we talked about it was a brick. It didn't pack the best because it was a bigger three-arm segment. And it had this big like tree stand cleat on the on the backside with it like a screw. And it, it was a bulky son of a gun, but you set it up once and you were done. And Dave had that arm. And we were all very much considering, and we actually, we commented back in the day, if only there was a mini beast arm to do what we were doing. Because you got to realize, rewind five years ago, Dave would go on a solo film hunt with 45 pounds on our backs. You know, you threw, let's see here, three muddy sticks or three XOP sticks. We had like assaults or the Vanish or maybe even the XOP Silver. I mean... Now, our stand weights are all cut pretty much in half. The filming weight is probably a third of what we originally started with because, you know, we're not all filming with, with mirrorless or DSLRs. Um, some of the guys have graduated to the, the mid to smaller camcords because we realize what we're doing. We need to be able to, to hunt and it not be a pain in the ass. We realize that's way more important now than trying to be the, the biggest, the highest quality production just based on what we're putting out on YouTube. So that's kind of some thoughts I have around solo filming and kind of the elements over the years that have changed and evolved. And I put some gear recommendations, stuff like that in this thing. And obviously with my, my web class that I'm going to put on here, hopefully in the next two weeks, get that puppy live and running. You'll, you'll get more in detail uh, things that I have learned and evolved. And like I said, the goal with that is to quicken the learning curve for somebody um, who maybe has done this a year or two, and you know I'm somebody who's put out some, some pretty decent, I feel, solo film productions. But I also edit uh, ten solo filmed hunts for the last three years, you know, because I'm I'm an editor for Whitetail Addictions, so I see a lot of solo filmed hunts and, and kind of pick apart and try and put them together the best I can. But I uh, get plenty of examples there for sure of of what's good, what's what's so so, and how to improve. Guys, appreciate you listening. Team Harder and Bucks, we're out.